You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Tethered the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you today. On this week's episode, I was joined by Chad Sylvester of Exodus Outdoor Gear. This was a great conversation with Chad and one that I haven't had on the podcast really before. This isn't like the last time Chad was on where we really dove deep into the whitetail strategy. This time around, we dive deep into life and how we can be better individuals, a better person, a better husband, a better father, a better friend. So kicking this episode off, Chad talks about his upbringing and the life experiences he went through by working on his family farm at a young age. We went from this experience, spending time with his grandfather a lot, who really helped mold Chad for who he is today. And I think a lot of us will share some similar stories like Chad shares. Then we get into like the older years when Chad was going through his college recruitment for football and playing at the next level. This opportunity was very unique for Chad because he was able to learn and grow from this and you'll hear exactly how and why. We also get into building mental toughness, being present with our families and taking our health seriously. Again, something totally different than what I've put out there on the podcast before and I learned a lot from Chad over the years and he's a very successful businessman and a great friend. Appreciate Chad for coming on and having this fun conversation with me. Again, congrats on the eight-year anniversary of Exodus Outdoor Gear. Also want to just say thanks again, everybody, for all the continued support. If you like what you hear, go leave that five-star review over on Spotify or Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to, and also type in that review. That helps me out a lot as well. And want to say thanks for everybody coming over to the Tether booth, introducing themselves. Really appreciate it. Really uh, grounded, man. And I really appreciate it. Those of you that are tuning into the podcast really means a lot. So thanks again, everybody, for your continued support. Go crush it this summer with all your chores, all your whitetail chores that you have coming up. So let me know what you guys want to hear, what you want to see. Have a good one. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. 
Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And before we dive into this week's episode, I have some really exciting news for you. If you've been eyeing any Exodus products for a while now, then you're in for a real treat. In celebration of their eighth year anniversary of trailblazing the trail camera marketplace, Exodus is now offering an exclusive campaign for you guys. Starting on May 19th, you'll save 25% off the entire Exodus website. With a deal this great, Exodus will be offering these savings for the first 300 Exodus renders as well as the 300 rivals. So the good news, though, is if you miss out on these savings, you can lock in 25% off the entire site until June 12th while supplies last. All you have to do is use code AU at checkout to unlock your savings. In the case you need to be a little bit more familiar with what Exodus really has to offer, I'm about to share some of their key attributes. Flagship model of their render is powered by their Verizon 4G LTE technology, boosts lightning fast transmission times, making it the fastest in the industry. Plus, it's incredibly user-friendly and dependable, and it ensures it's going to work flawlessly when it matters most. You can also save $125 with purchasing the Exodus Render Security Bundle with code AU. And if you're looking for that budget-friendly Personally, it's my favorite camera. It's amazing. It's super awesome. Uh, and it takes amazing pictures. And the quality and functionality of it is just as simple as render. Then check out the Rival. With, with our exclusive code AU, you can grab this sucker for under $140. Backed by Exodus's renowned five-year no BS warranty, this new camera is simple, reliable, and dollar for dollar it is the best camera on the market. So take advantage of these limited savings and remember you'll always be backed by their five-year warranty. They stand behind their products. On top of that, they offer that five-year theft and damage warranty, a peace of mind. And let's remember their best-in-class customer service to solve any issues or hiccups that arise. So use code AU at checkout over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up podcast. I'm joined on the other line, a good friend of mine. Excited to have this discussion because it's, I think it's been long needed for me personally and for our listeners for the Antler Up podcast. Uh, I got Chad Sylvester on from Exodus. Chad, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you for having me back. It's uh, it's always a pleasure chatting chatting with you. I know sometimes it seems like it's probably few and far in between, especially <laughs> on my end. I get, uh, you know, sometimes I get seven, eight, nine text messages in the morning, and it, it takes me a little bit to get back to everybody. But, um, yeah, thank you for having me back on. Um, look forward to uh, – Look forward to the chat. Absolutely, and you know when I have, you know, I've had Cam on now a couple times. I've had you on a couple times. Uh, I'm missing Jake. I got to get Jake on on the uh, on the on the horn here one day. So we'll have to get him on and, and talk to him. But you know, Chad, real quick before you know, I kind of told you and and just to kind of throw it out there, this isn't going to be a tactical hunting kind of really uh, hard ended. Uh, podcast episode we're going to just talk a little bit about life and determination and 
just about being an, a, a better person, how to improve and just go kind of down that line. And, uh, but before we do that, unbelievable sales going on. And I'm, I know this will be kind of sound real Homer-ish, but, but I do want to congratulate you guys on your eighth year anniversary. Uh, it's a tremendous feat, not only because of one running a business and what we've endured as a world and as humans over the last couple of years. And I could only imagine running a business. And, uh, if you haven't done so into people, Give those last couple episodes a, a, a listen uh, from Chad and Jake on the Exodus podcast where they talked about a Q&A one and then a recently their eighth year anniversary one. It's just you get another little insight into the business life of what they've done, accomplished over the last couple of years. So, Chad, congrats. Long-winded, long-winded uh, congratulatory message. But I want to just say congratulations to you guys on that. Well, thank you. Um you know, it's, it's humbling to see the support that we get across the board with, from our customers, from the industry, um, from brand partners, from other authoritative figures in the space like yourself. And sometimes I know we were just talking a little bit off air about goals and accomplishments and, you know, et cetera. But, uh, you know, every year when we hit that anniversary mark, we do take some time to reflect and just say, you know, not that we've made it because I don't think that that's a thing, but um, it's always good just to get the guys to get up in the office, say, congratulations. You guys are doing a great job. A quick pat on the back, reflect for five or 10 minutes and then, you know, get back on track. But thank you very much. Hey man, anytime keep, keep doing what you guys are doing because it is a, I mean, to me, I think it's an industry standard uh, as far as what you guys are doing on a lot of different situations, whether it's in obviously the, the trail cameras, but the other pieces of gear that you're, you're dipping your toes in and doing a phenomenal job in. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds. I know you, you, you kind of gave a little quick little baby introduction and I don't even know what it is for, for 2024. So I'm excited to see what, what you guys will will be doing with that but move forward with with this kind of discussion chad i guess kind of give for for some listeners that okay great yeah eight years you've been doing this you know i know just from doing a little bit of research and knowing you know knowing you now for a little bit like i know this wasn't your you weren't always in the hunting outdoor industry you know i guess talk a little bit about let's kind of i guess go way back Let's kind of even jump even way before I'm at my situation where I'll be 36 next month. A lot has transpired in my life that made me the person that I am today. You know, a lot of that was because I was raised a lot by my grandparents, Uh, parents divorced and played sports. So a lot of my friends, parents helped raise me and uh, all that type of stuff and learned on my own a lot. So I guess kind of let's rewind even further back to uh, the high school days, maybe, or just your upbringing in a sense of, you know, what kind of helped mold your personality of like where you're at today, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that we're doing this and we're, and we've set the tactics and strategy stuff aside. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, as you get into the, this hunting realm and spitting out content, you know, there's only so many tactics and strategies you could talk about <laughs> without it being some type of regurgitated spin on, um, you know, the way one person does it versus the next person does it. So thank you for, yeah. you know, going out, going on a limb and recording this type of content. But um, to answer your question or to put some input there, mm-hmm. um, my upbringing was probably similar to yours. So divorced parents, um, single mom remarried, I don't know, I was probably four or five, spent a lot of time at my grandparents and primarily, probably, um, I look at my grandfather as, as much of a father figure as anybody. Mm -hmm. 
um, had a dairy farm, second gen, yeah, second generation uh, farmer. And, you know, with my mom and stepdad just working, like we weren't poor, but we weren't living high on the hog by any means. So there wasn't like, we have a babysitter. It was like, you're getting shipped off over to the farm and you're just going <laughs> to hang out and do whatever they're doing. Yeah. And I'm talking like four five, six years old, like pre-kindergarten, preschool. Like if they were plowing or disking or planting, like you were riding on a tractor, like, and you were stuck there all day. And that's just the way that it was. Cause we didn't have a choice. Right. Um, but as, uh, as you know, being raised in that environment, um, you know, my grandfather had several, I'm going to say entrepreneurial ventures. Okay. Like, and I say several, that's probably several per year. Like he's constantly tinkering, um, inventing things, starting different businesses. And most of them failed every once in a while, one would stick to the wall. Um, but I always thought that in my head, um, I just, I guess remember like looking up to him and, and seeing like how he could make something from nothing and the vision that he had, um, and how he thought kind of like outside of the box. And I always was inspired by like that, the ingenuity that he had in, in his mind. Um, and specifically as a, as a farmer and as a business owner, I can remember him one time, uh, telling me, and this is later in life, I'm kind of skipping a big section here, which I'll go back. But I remember being over and I don't know what we were doing, working in the shop or welding on something or putting something back together, whatever the case was. But I remember him saying, you know, if you want a good life, you can go work for somebody and you can have a house, you can have a family, you could pay your bills and you could be a re you know, you could have a really good life if, uh, if you're smart about it, but you're never going to have anything unless you work for yourself. And like I, as a 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 year old kid, I didn't really know what that meant, Yeah, but it was something that always stuck in my brain and um, now I reflect on that and completely understand what he was saying there. And he's talking about, you know, not necessarily having money it's, but having the opportunity to have freedom based on your choices essentially is, is, is what he was getting at. Yeah. So um, always looked up to my, uh, my grandfather in an entrepreneurial uh, fashion in a, in a business fashion and the way he carried himself through life. Like his word meant something, his handshake meant something. And when he shook your hand or said something, you could just take it to the bank because it was going to get done. Um, and also just the SOB would like just outwork anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like one, one of those guys at like 4 a.m. to 9, 10 o'clock at night every day. Didn't like because he loved the process. He loved what he was doing. Um, so I was always inspired by him. But going into, I guess, uh, my story a little more back into high school, you know, as a kid being on a farm, just normal country kid. Uh, we were involved in sports a lot and I grew up like wanting to be two things. I wanted to grow up to be a professional football player or a cowboy. Like that was as a young kid, that was it. Um, I can remember being fascinated by Bo Jackson and like his athletic abilities and, you know, the Nike commercials and then Michael Jordan and, you know, these yeah. famous athletes. But, uh, I was fortunate that I did have some athletic ability, uh, gifted by God, I guess, and combined with a pretty solid work ethic, get recruited to play uh, college football at a pretty high level. And I came from a school that graduated 70 kids, wow. right? So very tiny, tiny school. But for whatever reason, we had uh, two years, and that, this is the late 90s, early 2000s, where we had, 
you know, three division one athletes in two grades. So, um, I, the, my plan was always just to, you know, go play college football, go to school, get a job and figure the rest out later. But it was like football was the was thing there. that was going to take me to the next, next level. Got recruited by a lot of division one, single a schools. I mean, big schools, mm-hmm. Northwestern, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Maryland, uh, Minnesota, Northwestern, like a lot of big schools and ended up staying close to home, uh, at a one double a school. And I can remember going to Youngstown state and going there with like a chip on my shoulder, thinking that I fell through the cracks and I was better than everyone else. And I didn't belong there. I belonged somewhere that was better, which was, uh, really like a rude awakening. Cause when I got there, you have a kid that's, you know, multi, um, like multi all state multiple years player of the year in this player of the year that and all of a sudden i'm on a team where i'm playing with guys that didn't even start in their high school right they're second string in their high school but they're out there you know running four fours and they're playing division division one ball so knowing that your past didn't mean anything was kind of uh was a rude awakening for me and going into that mentally I was not strong enough or disciplined enough to kind of take that um, environment and come out of it per se. Right. So ultimately what ended up happening, um, start hanging around the wrong people, had the wrong attitude, had the wrong mentality, did not have as strong of a worth ethic in college as I did in high school. And um, it led me to basically dropping out of school, Uh, left football, left school, to pursue, you guys are going to laugh at this, but to pursue a rodeo career. Um, again, going back to that cowboy thing, I had met a guy in college that was um, rodeoing, riding bulls professionally in the PRCA. And I was like, I'm a good enough athlete. I could do that. Um, but anyways, that decision, um, leaving a team sport and going into a solo sport mm-hmm. for, you know, nine or 10 years, essentially all through my twenties, um, I rodeoed, uh, on and off professionally and amateur on the amateur side uh, for 10 years. But when you're in front of that type of, uh, or that many people in that environment and there's no one else to point the finger to ultimately taught me the most about myself. Um, And I'm, even though that I wasn't any good and I say that I'm not, I wasn't any good physically. Like I'm a bigger guy. Uh, I really had to stay disciplined with my work ethic and, learn the foundations and the techniques behind it, because it's more than just like gritting your teeth and keeping your hand closed. Right. Um, to be able to compete against guys who grew up on ranches or grew up West of the Mississippi and they were riding sheep when they were five years old. Um, you know, I didn't have that. Right. Um, so that, that taught me a lot about myself and knowing, uh, and having, I guess the regret of, you know, wasting the talent that I had athletically, and by not, you know, finishing out uh, my football career, it took me a while to kind of let go of that regret. Okay. Honest, honestly, like I held that close to me for a long time and I've always used it for fuel or motivation, but now like going through the hardships of Exodus in the first three years, man, like going through um, multiple uh, acquisition is the wrong word, but like equity buyouts of partners and having partner conflict and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, at one point not having any money, not having any products, like 
the first three years, four years of Exodus, it was the hardest thing that I have ever done. And the one thing I kept telling myself was, if you quit now, are you going to regret it tomorrow because of the football decision? Mm -hmm. And like going through that, I feel like that is what brought me to this place and was what was able to get me through those hard times, uh, you know, the early years of Exodus. You know, what's funny is the one thing that I, that what you said, there's a couple things, but one thing that's really drawing to me is because of the same thing. I played sports and, and I, for coaching for a decade, it's so funny to see how I use the term, like we've, the, you know, I guess the term that's been tossed around in, in, in the coaching world is like, you know, get rid of your cancers, you know, and, and, and I know exactly what you're saying when you're saying about hanging out with the wrong crowd, because it's probably sitting there going, well, why is he playing? Or look at this kid doing this. And then it's like, yeah. And it kind of just, it keeps spreading, right? Like you're, you're going through that and you build that mentality. Like you went from maybe going, you're like ready for, for college ball and, and then something doesn't go your way. And like you said, you're not mentally prepared at that young age. You know, we during that time, we thought we were on top of the world as a young 18, 19 year old individual, like okay, like I'll, I'll own it or whatever, but you know, we're not ready. And, and from, for me coaching, like that was an important thing for me, especially during my last year where I made it a point where I got Jocko's book, like his leadership book. And I was like, Hey, we're going to read it. And what was awesome about it was, it was the workbook. And it was like a, basically a cliff notes of each chapter. So it was only like a page or a page and a half of kind of the main idea. And then there was like questions, like prompt questions. And instead of obviously as us as a baseball team, we just like would reward it. Okay. Like this is a great scenario that, that remember last year, like the real toxic team that we had, why, how, how do, how do we get past that? Um, but you know, and, and to kind of even build off of what you're saying about for school and not being ready and regrets, my story was is actually kind of very similar to the extent of I the, flip it. You graduated with seventy. I graduated with seven fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, that's no word to lie, man. Like that's northeastern Pennsylvania. I graduated from, from Hazleton area, and it, to this day, it's like even more now. Uh, but with that, going to school. I was a good kid in school. I never got in trouble. I was your average, you know, student, uh, never didn't really apply myself. And now as a teacher, it's funny. Cause I, when I teach health class, I said, you know, you, you don't, I don't give homework. I give you a lot of time to work on things in class. I don't give you homework. And, and I'll always throw in, cause I don't remember doing homework in high school, <laughs> you know, and the kids are like, what? Like, who's this idiot? That's my teacher right now. But, yeah. uh, anyway, with, with that, going to college chat, I wasn't ready, man. Like I was ready to play baseball kind of like what you're saying. I was, and I wasn't even like a big partier at all. Like I would socialize, but you know, kind of what I went through as a young kid, like with my family and stuff like that, I saw what kind of drinking and it just wasn't for me. So when I went to school with all that, man, I wasn't prepared for, for classes. So I originally went for the health and phys ed, what I'm doing now. And it didn't go that route. And like my first test that I failed in an education class, I cut my, I remember not really having my a guidance really to anybody other than my sister who was nine years older than me, who did not finish college, but has a great career right now. Um, she kind of, you know, just said, Jer, what else do you like? And, and I was like, well, at the time I didn't have a girlfriend or anything. And she's like, why don't you be like a, 
a guy that runs a casino, like looked something up like that. Like you could just be a bachelor or make lots of money. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, and lo and behold, that fell into like country club management as well. Like in, at Penn state, it was like the hotel restaurant management. So I was like, okay, great. I'll focus on golf. Cause I was obviously with the baseball side of things. I liked golf at the time, you know, a lot at the time. So went that route, worked some really high end jobs at some really, you know, high end golf clubs. But at the same time, I wasn't happy and, and, uh, but those decisions from school, from work and everything along that route has helped me definitely become the person that I am today. And I wouldn't change anything. And I said it on a previous podcast before, you know, when we talk about being comfortable, being uncomfortable type of stuff, but the one aspect that I need, I, th- I think I want to get better at is not being so comfortable with, and I know this is going to sound weird, but like not being so comfortable with my back against the wall. If like say times are tough financially or something else, like I always know there's a way and I'll, I'm most uh, not, 10 out of 11 times I'm getting out of, I'm, I'm coming out of it on top, but like, I don't want to be in that position if that makes sense. So I'm just trying to be, uh, improve myself. But again, going back to the whole what you've gone through and the decisions that you've made, uh, man, I, I really wouldn't change anything w- from where I'm sitting at. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of parallels there between our two stories, but it's also interesting, like, and, and you obviously are in the education system, but mm-hmm. when you, we expect kids as 18 and 19 years old to make a decision on what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Like, it seems crazy. like so bogus to me. It's, it, is. it's, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't know how you, how you fix that. I, d- I don't know things. either. I think, I don't know. I think some of that stems from the lack of quality and I'm going to spin this to my son, but like the quality of uh, the lack of quality male leadership mm. in the world. Like I'm not a soccer guy, have never like I can probably count on two fingers how many times I've watched the soccer game. <laughs> Me too. That wasn't like the World Cup. But, um, you know, we put my son in soccer. Uh, this is a handful of years ago. And the lack of, and I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way because anybody volunteering their time to help youth or coach youth sports, like they're not getting paid for it. The rest don't make right. any money. Like they're, right. they're, they're donating their time and sacrificing time from their family or whatever else, whatever else they have going on to help. But the, uh, the lack of male leadership in a competitive environment, teaching the kids to have fun, how to compete. Um, I know nothing about soccer, but I was so appalled by the, the, that not being a parent. Like I had to step in and say, okay, like I'm going to take these 20 kids or however many it was. I don't think it was 20. It's probably more like 15. But um, to show them how to compete, show them how to have fun. Like what do you yeah. – I mean – we were at a point where we were playing soccer games. Kids were scoring goals and like, they would just walk around with their heads down. I'm like, yo guys, like go high five somebody, celebrate, have a little bit of fun. Like this is why you guys are doing it. And if you're preparing for summer shooting right now, getting ready for the hunting season and you are in need of a new arrow, then check out the Exodus MMT arrow tailored built to your specific setup. Go to their builder online, get precision built arrows and experience the most consistent and dependable arrow available. All you have to do is go to 
exodusoutdoorgear.com. Click on the, the arrows, put in all your specs, and you are going to be able to get the arrow built for your knees. If you have any questions, just give the guys a call. They'll be more than happy to help you out. Again, this savings going to start May 19th until June 12th, where you'll get $70 off a dozen of MMT arrows just by using code AU. So check it out over at exodusoutdoorgear.com while supplies last. Do you remember probably, I'm sure you would have a story. I remember one time playing in youth sports. I was still in elementary school and Allen Iverson was playing. I was a big AI fan. And I ha- I remember I was, it was in our championship game and I made this like layup. You know, it was probably like the second basket of the game. I remember running down the court, looking at our crowd on the one, because it was just a one-sided bleacher, just waving my hands up like, let's go, like just being fired <laughs> up, man. Like th- I don't see that. Like nowadays, I almost feel like some of these kids are like, there were times like as a coach, I, I probably was a little bit too lenient, but I'm like looking at it like, oh my gosh, when I was doing that, I, that's what, you know, you, you thrive off that. Like now it's almost like be quiet. You know, you, you almost hear this stuff where they can't, I get it. Like it needs to be appropriate, but at the same time, yes. at the same time, it's uh, let them be kids. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing where I feel like we're as, a, you know, where, where I'm working right now, we're getting back to that. Like, thank goodness we're getting back, especially in the phys ed things where we're playing certain games, I'm letting things go. And I'm like, kids are being kids. This is fun. Like, you know, I'm hopping in and playing quarterback, all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I appreciate that. You said that you've put in your time and, and saw the value of that because it, it is important, man. So let's talk about this. So we talked a little bit about building that character you know, what about some struggles, man? Cause again, like we, we alluded to a couple, but like, do, could you recall something that really, you remember that back up against the wall and you're like, there's either one way and it's, it's only forward and, and it's got to happen or like, it's the end. Like, like, or, or if, if, if you have an example, that's great. Or like, what's your mentality when something is like a hard situation is, is about to come up basically. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I can recall a specific example, like non-business or, you know, non-corporate related, but I can remember going through, um, you know, we, when we started Exodus, we started, it was not my idea to start this company. It was mm-hmm. not like I was on a whitetail lease with another young guy, uh, another, you know, entrepreneurial spirited guy. I was getting ready to buy my first rental property. And um, anyways, his idea led to, Exodus, what Exodus is. And when we started, we started with him, myself and my brother. I wanted my brother to be involved because that was something that um, had always been like, you know, a close bond growing up the way that we grew up. Like there was a point where he was my best friend because we did everything together. It didn't, and I wanted him include, include him in this. And in 2018 with, uh, you know, different mentalities around business, the work ethic, just three different people, it's hard at being in business with partners. And I will say, it's like, you know how hard marriage is. Like you can't just be married and like leave that that like status quo. Like you constantly have to work at that relationship. Um, And having a business partner is like having a second wife or a third (laughs) wife. Like that's how much time it takes. Um, But I can remember in 2018 uh, buying those guys out because they wanted to do separate things, different visions, different, you know, whatever. And, um, man, excess was not in a good, good place. Like we had very little inventory. We started this company with no money. Like we, we started with zero debt. So like what we had in our pockets is what we started with. And, and we just said, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. And at 
And that's essentially what we did. But I can remember in 2018, after those buyouts with the company being in a bad spot, just like laying in bed, thinking about how hard it was going to be to dig out of this hole. Like we had no resources. uh, We had no assets. It was like, you know, from a like CEO perspective, it's like you have to have that vision on what to do. And like, I didn't have the vision. I, I just laid in bed and I'm like, man, do like, if we quit, I'm going to let down my family yeah. who has sacrificed for two or three years for me to, to, to start this thing. Right. Number two, I'm going to let down every single person that's bought a product off of us. I'm going to let them down. And then three, like we have all these people looking up to us. I'm going to let all these people down. And then I have like the personal, the personal failure, right? Like this is going to go on my resume. And I just thought as hard as this is going to be, like, let me just work tomorrow and I'll think about it again tomorrow night. Yep. Like literally I did that for days on end, like months. And all of a sudden, like things started to get a little bit better. And it, it wasn't anything like there was no silver bullet. There was no hack. We just did a little bit of work every day. And that kind of changed the course of the ship. Yeah. Um, so like the mentality about being in a bad place, I am a lot like you as I am very comfortable being like pinned up against the corner because there's only one way out and that's through action. And like, mm-hmm. as long as I have that reference in my head and, and know that, you know, your perspective on whatever is going on, it's not as bad as what it is to you because somewhere else in the world, like somebody else has it way, way worse, way worse. So just staying grounded um, and knowing things are about perspective and then two, not being afraid to be like, use your words back against the wall. um, You just have to work to get out of it. Yeah. I think one of my biggest things was a couple of years ago, this, this is year eight for me teaching. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess I could say I've been professionally working since I've been out of college, you know, since I've been 21 in a managerial role with hotel restaurants type type stuff. And then, I mean, two, a year and a half, two years, I guess you could say when I went back to school full time to, to get the teaching stuff. But I remember my daughter was born, like she was a year uh, my time for paying back student loans was about to come, come back, you know, and here I am at 27 years old or what, you know, 26, 27 years old. I'm married. We have, we have a house, uh, all, you know, my, my student loan debt, my, the, the bills, my daughter's, you know, about to be one years old. And finally a job opens up and it's kind of like, this is it. Right. And because I applied for other local school districts and my wife already was teaching right away out of college. So she's eight. She has eight more years of, of teaching on me. You know, so when I would do these interviews, I, I was always told, you're, you're, you're going to end up being where you where you want to be one day. Sorry, we're, we chose a different candidate, you know, and I'm just like, I just I need this job. Like I can't substitute teach anymore and be. So at one point, Chad, I was substitute teaching. I was coaching. I did personal training and I was working part-time still at the hotel all four things at one time and you know and and uh, this job came up middle of the year for point uh, like five or point six something of, of a contract so contracts 1.0 and I, I i looked at it like it's life or death 
you know what I mean? And this is like, this is either now or never. Uh, that's the mentality I had to take. And like, if someone else was going to get this job, someone would had to kill me basically. And I prepared, I worked my tail off inter like interview questions, everything. And it happened. And I, you know, I, I was not going to be denied. And that's just of mentality philosophy that I try to, you know, let kids know. And, and, uh, like the senior talk will be coming out soon where I just say, listen, you're going to have that darkest of dark day. Everything's falling on top of you. You cannot do a single thing. Right. And like you said, Chad, someone has it a lot worse, but just know tomorrow that sun's going to rise and it, it might be cloudy. You know what I mean? But that sun's up and, uh, you know, through all that, man, it's, it's, uh, I, I couldn't, like I said, it just, that mentality is, is, is something that it ebbs and flows for certain people and you just gotta, I guess, go through with it, endure it and, and, you know, push through. You know, it's funny, like on social media, we, we have all these like memes and like all these different cliche, like motivational quotes that these different speakers spit out. Doesn't like whether it's David Goggins, Jocko, yeah. whoever it is. Right. When you boil down some of those cliche sayings, man, there's a lot of truth. If you can draw yeah. some type of personal parallel yep. to what they're saying and like use that as fuel, um, you know, people make, make fun of those, those memes. And like I said, the, uh, uh, the cliche things, but like when you boil it down, like it's the truth. It is. It really is. Now here's a question for you. You have children. Um, how many do you have? Two. Two. What, what are the ages you have? My son just turned seven and my daughter will be nine in July. Okay. So my daughter just turned nine. So we, you, I mean, so we're, we have that, uh, in grand scheme of things. Uh, and I remember early on, so my wife and I will be married now. It'll be 11, 11 years, uh, this July. And it's funny because man, it's, I almost feel like we're, we're better now than we've ever been. <laughs> if that makes sense. I hope, you know, and I don't want this to be like a therapy uh, thing for counts, like a wedding or marriage counseling, <laughs> what podcast, but it's important to, you know, that, that saying of happy life or happy wife, happy life, you know, and, and in your position of, of running a business and, and doing really high end stuff and, and being present in, in your children's life. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. like, like my, my brother-in-law, you know, kind of like what we're going, how, what we were just talking about. I knew what he dealt with when he was growing up again. He's, he's 11 years older than me, but, um, he's gone through some stuff and he, and where he's at, he's so successful. He's my best friend. He's someone I look up to what you were saying, like how your grandfather said certain words to you. There was one thing that Kenny said to me when I was in high school and in college. And he just said, man, if you could look at yourself in the mirror, and before you go to bed and be okay with that, what that reflection in that person, uh, then you're, you're doing okay, basically. And there were times where I wasn't okay with that reflection, right? And I think we all have been there and, and what we could be a better husband, dad, person, coworker, brother, you know, all that stuff. But I guess like my question to you or, or to what I would like you maybe talk about is just, you know, your philosophy on how to just be a good person. Cause I've, I've heard you talk about on previous podcasts, like in your previous job, like you work with some pretty crappy people and I think we all do. Right. But how could we as a society try to better ourselves to better each other basically? Yeah. Um, 
That's a, that's a really good question. And I think it's, it's probably, uh, it's probably different for every yep. person out there, right? 100%. We all have different personalities, uh, all gravitate towards different things. But for me personally, and I'll touch on the family thing just for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at my wife as the biggest reason why Exodus is successful. The company that we have, because she sacrificed behind the scenes with me being gone, like working two jobs, you know, working 40 hours a week here, not paying myself anything. Cause I'd pay other people to build a team, um, being gone from, you know, when the kids were little, like I wasn't really around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was around, but not, not a whole lot. Um, so now we're at a place where we have a team here. I, you know, and I'm trying to pay back dividends to my wife for sacrificing so much by, you know, usually at five o'clock or whatever time I get home, like the phone goes away, the computer goes away. And I just focus on the kids. Like if I can't give my kids, you know, four, three or four hours every night and then the weekends, like, what am I, what am I doing? Like to me, we talk about, everyone talks about leadership and like, I'm very big on leadership and leading by action, not just words. And, um, when you think about what is the most important leadership role, it's like, it's the, 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 the man figure, the manly figure in your household, whether that's a husband and or dad. And, um, you know, we all like to talk about all the problems that this screwed up world has, but it's like, what are you doing about it? Exactly. Like what, what are you personally doing about it to make the world a better place? And like, if to your point, if you can't ask yourself that question in the mirror every single night and answer it with some type of conviction, man, you like, you wasted the day and you yeah. ain't getting the day back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think that being someone that you can respect, making sure that your words have meaning by action, uh, making sure your hand handshakes mean something like it's not, I don't know that it's really rocket science, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, have a decent set of moral values and, uh, you know, go about your business and conduct yourself in a respectable manner. Dude, the one thing that I've noticed and what's extremely eye opening, and I guess it's, it shouldn't be because we were there at one point, you know, how much we saw and understood at our, our kids age, you, you don't realize how much they, they observe and they feel and, uh, everything. It's crazy, man. It's nuts. It's scary. And you know, why I think it's important to have these discussions because, you know, we, we're, we all want to see each other and, and, uh, succeed at, at this life thing and whatever it could take to help. Maybe someone could relate to this discussion. I, I think could could really be beneficial. You know, to, this is probably to my fault and the guys at the office make fun of me because I'm a big like acronym person. Yeah. Like I'll spit out acronyms that, and they're like, when I, I don't know, the first couple of years of uh, having a team here, guys were like, I don't want to say afraid, but they were tentative to, like to ask questions. Like, Cause I would spit out a different business acronym or marketing term or something. And no one knew what the hell it meant, but no one would, no one would uh, question you raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever, but one acronym that like I've always found helpful, whether it's on the personal side or on the business side is when W I N. And this was something that uh, John Haycock, the head coach at YSU um, kind of pushed home in like our team meetings. And it was what, what's important now, like in this very moment, what is the most important thing 
that you're doing. And like, for me, I'm not a big multitasker type of guy. Like I, I just, my brain doesn't work that way. I like to focus on one thing, divert my attention to that one thing and then accomplish that task or whatever it is and then move on. But like trying to balance work, life, family, and I'm not unique to the fact that I'm the only person that has a crap ton going on, nor are you right. Like everybody has their stuff going on. Exactly. But I think that, I think that if people could just slow down and think about what they're doing in that specific moment in time and focus on that, I do think the world would be a better place. Yeah. So here's a, here's a word. And I, I we could talk about it on the fitness side. Cause I know, like you said, being in, in sports and uh, I know fitness is a, is a big part of, of your life uh, is discipline. You know, and, and, uh, you know, like you were just saying, you know, earlier when people look online, see social media stuff and the cliches and the memes and all that stuff. But I know, I know you get up early and get that workout in. And, uh, I guess, you know, how does that help translate the discipline in, into obviously your workout routine to, you know, obviously every day in life? Well, I think that, um, and this is going to sound like Jocko ish, right? Like, cause the, the, on the motivation side or being motivated to do something for a lot of people like that only lasts so long, including yep. me. Like I don't like to get up at four 30 every single morning. Like there are mornings where I'm motivated to do that, but to do it every single day to achieve some type of um, obtainable results and doesn't necessarily have to be fitness, but until you get disciplined to do, to have some consistency in that task, like you're not going to achieve success. And that doesn't matter if it's business um, hunting, um, fitness, like it just really doesn't matter what it is. So I think getting in the habit of doing things consistently through discipline, instead of only doing it when you're motive motivated, um, you know, it gets you in the habit of doing things when you don't want to do them. Yeah. And like on the, just in the business world, that's where we found the most success is just being consistent um, being disciplined with what you need and what you know you need to do. Yeah. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. That discipline word is huge, I think, because, I mean, if, if you are able to, you know, it goes uh, discipline, consistency, and, and like the goals, if, if you're, that's like a endless, seamless kind of like little, little loop there, because no matter what you're doing, like you just said, it could apply to everything and anything. I, I mean, some of my favorite best days are when I Friday nights come and I'm a loser and I'm sleeping by 9 45, 10 o'clock at night. But guess what? I'm up at like, like you said, 4 45, 5 a.m. Coffee's already brewed. I let the girls sleep in as much as they can. I come down here and I, I might not have been able to edit next week's podcast or something like that. And I know this is not, again, this is totally, this is my world, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that allows me to get at least an hour and a half of getting this done. And it's, 630. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the day's just beginning basically for other people. And then I could go work out or I could do something else. And by the time I'm done doing that, now the girls are up. 
Like they're done, they're taken care of, and now daddy's present. Now, you know, Jeremy, the husband's present. What do we need to get accomplished for the day uh, on, on that weekend or, or, you know, once the summer rolls around like daily or, or hat, whatnot? Um, that's, the, that's like the easy things for me. Uh, but then again, it translates into just everything. Like then it just turns into checklists of, you know, do, do, you, do I have to paint the garage? Do I have to do this? And, you know, when could I get these taken care of so that way – it, it works in that it's the discipline, it's the effort and the consistency. And the more you do it, the, the easier that it gets as well. Yeah. I think on the, on the physical side too, um, everybody, I don't want to say everybody, there's a lot of people that think like ex, your exercise routine, your training regimen is based around like physical attributes, whether that's mm-hmm. the way you look, the way you perform. But for me, there's a bigger, uh, there's a bigger mental reward big time to working out than there is physical, at at least for me. And I think that's something that a lot of times people overlook, especially when they're first trying to, to get started. And maybe at first it is about physical attributes, but then, you know, as you go down that, that path or that road, like the mental dividends that uh, a, a good consistent workout routine provides is like, Dude, it's astronomical. Yeah. What's crazy is all the studies that are out there on this. Uh, I mean, it's it's through the roof as far as how many actual studies provide how your you know you, your your mood improves. Your uh, uh, I don't know if it's the I, like your IQ, but like your they've shown like test scores uh, will raise when you're you're on a continuous uh, like workout regimen, basically all that stuff. And I mean, there's been times even when if it's been a longer day, especially when, again, we're, we're, it sounds like I'm in prison and during the summer with, with, <laughs> with them, but like when I'm home and I've, we're doing things and I maybe did not get my workout in my wife will just be like, go ahead, go work out. And it's just yeah. like, she, she almost like could feel the grizzly bear getting ready to come. And she's like, go ahead out there. Just, I got it for the next 45 minutes, whatever. It's like, all right, great. You know what I mean? And not that like now we're the age at Nors and she's pretty self-efficient, but you know, for a couple of years ago, it, it, it was, you know, like, you know, you have to be a little bit more present and doing things. And now it's like, go ahead, uh, get it in. And, and you know how she knows. And I'm like, whew, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, and it's like a reward thing because she gave something and, and, you know, so then it builds on that relationship side of things. But um, what, what kind of music are you listening to when, when you're going up out there at 4.30 a.m. to get you fired up and uh, – Dude, it it depends, man. I have a very if you opened up my playlist, you'd be like, "What the heck is this? <laughs> what the heck is this dude about?" Um, man, there's days where I listen to like uh, like I don't want to say I guess it's like metal or hard metal yeah. stuff, like you know, smash your head against the wall type yep. type stuff. And then there's days where I'll listen to like Eminem or like. Yeah late mid nineties rap, like Tupac and Biggie. Yep. Um, but then I'll also listen to stuff like Chris Knight and like red dirt country music. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just all over the place. Man. Dude, that's so funny. Cause that's exactly how I am. Like one, uh, you know, growing up in Northeast Pennsylvania, uh, there, there's a band, uh, what's crazy is they were a year older than me. And I, I actually used to be in a, in a band. I was a lead singer one time and, oh wow, <laughs> and well, that was during that whole emo phase, you know, how, how that was. <laughs> so it was like a jack of all trades. I played sports, I was in the hunting and, and, uh, you know, everything like that. And then the next thing you know, what I'm grabbing a microphone and, and, uh, screaming my lungs out. 
But what was funny is there was a band that would play with us once in a while and they were coming from Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area. And they were like, just, you know, we were, I guess the pop punk back then. And these guys were a little bit more hardcore. And then a year goes by when we were like junior seniors and they were again, a year older than us. So when we were seniors, they were supposed to be in college, but you know, they, they weren't and they're like, Holy shit. They're going to the warp tour. Like they're playing on warp tour. They're getting this break. They're doing this. And my friend, uh, Stish, he, he was, a fin- he still is a phenomenal guitarist, but he, uh, he's like, yeah, he goes, they're, they're like going to be legit here soon. I'm like, really? And it wasn't our taste of music, whatever, but did you ever hear of the band motionless and white? I have not. So they, they're, a like a really dark, heavy metal, heavy metal, uh, band. And, uh, there, there's one song they, they have, it's called five, seven, zero, which is the area code that I grew up in. And, you, that sucker comes on on like arm day or squat day or, or deadlift day, man. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm lifting up the whole gym and when that sucker comes on, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm, I'm listening to Tupac Biggie. I'm, I'm listening to NWA, the old school hip hop stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I could throw on some, some, uh, uh, Childers and, and Zach Bryan and, and go as, yep. as calm, as cool as, as can be. And, you know, uh, it's crazy, man. One thing that I do with my music selection, and this is like really only when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm training, but I'll, I'll find like a song, right. Where, and I'm like, there's more lyrics mean something to me. Yeah. Like going back to like the words thing, yep. I'll try to draw something like from a specific story in, in a, in a song, like tied to the lyrics. And then I will listen to that on replay for like two hours. <laughs> like that's the one, too. like I'll listen to one song, let the lyrics like hit me deep, you yep, know, yep. and like just dive into it. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause I've, I always thought I was like the only weirdo like that, you know, <laughs> not alone. <laughs> I'm not alone. No, that's good, man. Uh, dude. Well, Chad, I appreciate man, the, this discussion and, and, uh, I hope, I hope you listen to the people listen and I hope you could just get something out of it. And, and, uh, you know, if Chad basically elaborated on a bunch of questions and just discussion, I wanted him to have, and, yeah, uh, you do you do throw some snippets of this type of stuff out there on certain episodes, and I love when you do, man. And and uh, I really appreciate your time, what you're doing uh, on a business side of thing, and I I appreciate what you're doing on this personal side of things as well. So, um, yeah, man, we're we're getting down into the the nitty gritty of, of the crazy busy time for you here soon. So giddy up, right? Yeah, it is. It's that time. <laughs> like everyone dreads quarter one and quarter two. It's like once you get past turkey season, June comes and like all heck breaks loose. But that's what we wait for. Yeah. That's what we get excited about. So, yeah. Yeah. Chad, I, I will say this, man. Uh, I consider you one of of like a dying breed, and uh, I, I, you're, you know, from afar as a friend, you know, I, I could say, you know, you're you're a good person to look look to look at, see what you're doing, follow along, and uh, you know, you're you're doing things the right way, and I and it's I, I appreciate you putting snippets of it out there. And, uh, I think people could really gravitate towards that and learn from it and try to be a better person and, um, mm-hmm. you know, be a better individual. And, 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 uh, want to just say thanks for, for doing that. Well, man, um, thank you, Jeremy, because uh, like, I don't, I don't take that those words lightly by, by any means, but I do want everyone to know, like, I am just, dude, I put my pants on this yep. just like everybody else. Um, I'm nothing special. I'm, while I tried to detest mediocrity, like I do think I'm just a normal, normal guy going about my, my business, 
but I do have passion um, and I am driven yep. uh, by, by it. So, and that's what we things. need. Yeah, dude, I, that, and that's exactly what, what, you know, that's the best part about it because you are, like you said, you, you are a, a great individual of just, like you said, you're normal, right? Like you're, you, you just go about it. You, you're, us as consuming this, uh, you know, 10 out of 10 people here listening are obviously going to be hunters, right? Um, but the grand scheme of things, you're just like us. And, you know, just a, a person though that, like you said, you're passionate. And I think if we all could take a little bit of that and see that, and no matter what it is, people just, you know, go up, go about it and do it and, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. Absolutely. Awesome, Chad. Well, where could people find you, follow along, and, uh, you know, all that jazz? Uh, on social, you can follow me or find me. I think it's Sylvester underscore Chad, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I'm not tuned in there uh, quite as much as the business stuff, but if, everything else um, at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Yeah, wonderful, man. And and uh, go give them a, the the look right now, and uh, uh, I'll, I'm going to be selfish here, Chad, uh, with that eighth year anniversary sale going on, use code AU. It'll, Absolutely. It, that it's, it, it, it's not going to necessarily do something for me and put any money in my pocket by any means. It's just going to just for marketing things. Uh, the guys have one, even for the Exodus podcast and other podcasts out there. It's just a cool little thing of, uh, just seeing how it's, you know, where are people listening to and, and seeing where, uh, you know, Exodus is, is being heard. So, uh, I appreciate that support for those of you that have either used the code already or plan on using it. So thank you from, uh, uh so much from, from me on that, but, Definitely check out what Chad and Jake and Cam and all the rest of the fellows over at Exodus Outdoor uh, Gear are doing because it's it's awesome. And I know a lot of people say customer service and blah, 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 but I'm telling you right now, I've heard amazing stories uh, from people that I haven't even really people I've one followed or or and some certain conversations. They do take care of you. So, you know, give give Chad and the guys a call if, if something ever would come up or if you have questions because they're, they're great, man. And Chad, thanks again, dude, for, for this discussion. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's refreshing to talk about yeah. some of this stuff and get, get away from the whitetail stuff yeah. sometimes. So I, thank I, you. Thank abso- you, Jeremy. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Till next time. Antler up.